Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the podcast. I read it online somewhere. Your science questions answered. Welcome to I Read It Online Somewhere, your first port of call for the weird science questions you're too scared to ask, like, what is fire? I'm Ross, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew. Hello. And Amy. Hey. So I went back to school this week. I joined you, Andrew. How are you getting on in school? Yeah, it's uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, Nice to still see everybody sort of back and getting back into the swing of things, just finding out. How are you finding it? being back uh yeah it's it's been all right it's been a bit weird uh, trying to sort of socially distance and obviously the government have announced we need to wear face masks in communal areas from monday they... uh, so communal is in like the religious areas or communal <laughs> <laughs> i think communal <laughs> i th- didn't realize i said that word wrong my whole life. <laughs> everyone's like god ross is very religious <laughs> Communal. Communal is like communion religion. in mass. Yeah, okay. re- re- religious I, I don't know enough about religion, to be honest. So. Well, um, I, yeah, so... I, yeah the, the government must have also seen, you know, obviously with all the news about the WHO reports and, you know, all the, all the other evidence the that they found. Yeah, the, the World Health Organization, not the band. But they, uh, <laughs> Thanks they, uh, they, they, they possibly also saw, you know, uh, your wonderful TikTok on the safety of masks and how effective they are. Yeah, I mean, you, if you can blow out a candle, they're not very effective. Yep. That was so, true. Amy, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, apart from work, um, I was at, I listened to our podcast. And mem- I don't know if you remember, but last week we got into a bit of an in- inception moment with koalas, where we just had a lot of extra questions about koalas. And one of them, Ross, you were like, can koalas swim? So I've been on Google. Okay. And I have what checked about three sources. So koalas can swim, but they get exhausted very quickly. And it's actually a bit sad, but in, in Australia and stuff, well, it's in Australia, they go to like a pool to drink water. And then if they, if it's like not that accessible to get out, they drown. Oh, no. quite sad. So they like fall in. I know. I didn't want to tell you guys that bit, but. Oh, yeah, that went from like not to sad <laughs> no, really sorry. quickly. But just imagine a little koala swimming. It'd be quite cute. Apparently, they are quite good swimmers, but just get very tired. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, can't, I can't imagine them being great swimmers. Just what would not be a good swimmer? <laughs> a fly. Um, yeah, fly. Fly, or... yeah. Or... That, that, that's, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is not a good swimmer? Amy, have you got any? Um, 
I've had koala, but it turns out they're okay at swimming. Oh, uh, um, kangaroos, kangaroos, kangaroos. Oh, well, yeah, they'll just be all legs. What all about legs? giraffe? Well, they, they, I don't think they'll ever swim. Oh. It would have to be very deep a giraffe. Yeah, they the know, I don't think they swim at all because th- their necks are... I don't know why I'm doing the hand signal for like how tall yeah. a giraffe is. We all know what a giraffe looks like. And but, no one can see you. Because other big animals, <laughs> they, they're quite good at swimming. So, like, hippos and... I think elephants can swim. I don't know. We, yeah, we have bays with elephants. Oh, we have. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> elephants can swim. I take that back. We have in Thailand. We went and like bathed them, and I had a baby one that almost jumped on me. Oh, yeah. It was a very big baby one. Two years. Yeah, ago. it was huge. So we've been looking at what we read online this week, and this week we're going to start with me. So, my story I found online this week is. This. Where is it from? Smithsonian. Ooh. Uh, they're saying that scientists have discovered exposed bacteria can survive in space for years. Ooh. So something uh, it's an experiment done in the Japanese part of the International Space Station. Uh, there was a ball of bacteria that's been exposed to space and the outer layer have all died but the, the bacteria on the inside have all survived. I've got a follow-up question. Does the in the International Space Station are they separated by countries? Uh, no. Well, there's, <laughs> I there's... just imagine like Japan have got a little corner, America have got one, Russia. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They've got um, little sort of capsules each. The a- astronauts are up there going to all of them, oh, but okay. there is a Japanese module where basically Japan's responsible for the experiments that go up to there. So the astronauts do the experiments on all the different ones, but the Japanese decide what goes goes up to their bit. The Russians decide what goes up to their bit. Um, European Space Agency what decide what goes up to their bit, and NASA decides what goes up to what experiments to do there. So. Oh, a lot of going up. Yes, there is. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting that bacteria could survive in space. Andrew, that's any quite cool. Yeah. So is it like, um, like was it a massive cell, uh, ma- like a mass of cells of bacteria? It's it's all it says a ball. So. Oh right. Oh yeah. Oh okay. So the wow, that's <clears throat> quite good. So what does bacteria need to survive? What oxygen? It loves well, oxygen. No, it's in space. So yeah, but that's why I think because yeah. it's strange. But does it not? No. I'm thinking about like bread when you leave bread out. Oh no. Well, well, that's that's the thing. So. Uh, the 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 sort of microorganism when bread gets left out that eats bread is mostly uh, fungus, so it's uh, mold, which is different Ooh. from bacteria. But you use bacteria, you use well, you you use yeast to to, to make bread. But um, <clears throat> lots of bacteria don't necessarily need oxygen in order to survive. They can survive without it. Um, so, so you're saying you can see sort of mold? Can you see any bacteria? Oh yeah, Are they yeah. All too small. Is there? Um, no, you can see bacteria. That you can't see individual colon uh, individual organisms, but you can see the colonies as they clump together. I suppose you know if you've got like a plate of E. coli or uh, a a plate of staph- oh yeah, so, staph- so, staph- so they start you, to grow. Yeah. yeah, you 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 can see them growing on the outside. They kind of look like a, they kind of look like slime, or like a bogey. I suppose they got the sort of same look and texture. But yeah, yeah. You, you you can see it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I just thought it was yeah quite interesting that they could survive. And it, it sort of leads on to the theory that maybe life didn't evolve 
uh, on our planet. It might have been bacteria from another planet that arrived on Earth and started the sort of whole uh, life on Earth. That's cool, yeah. Which also means we need to be very careful about stuff we're sending to other planets in case we start life on on other planets. Right, okay, we're going to move on to our next story. And our next story is going to be Amy. Okay, mine is also space-themed. And this was on the Lad Bible. Um, And the headline was, Car-sized asteroid flew by Earth this week and NASA didn't see it coming. So... Mm. It was car-sized, it flew by Earth, it was 2,950 kilometres away, which I think is quite close, because that is closer than we are to New York. Um, All right. and, it was, and it was called 2020 QG, so hmm. not a great name. Could have thought of something <laughs> catchier myself. Um, maybe a wee car pun. But I kind of wanted to know... Is that like really close? What would happen if like a car car asteroid landed on Earth? Like yeah, uh, good questions. Um, Thanks. So, I'll I'll take this one, Andrew. Um, yeah, so yeah, we've fire got away. a um, a car sized thing. Probably would mostly burn up in the atmosphere. It probably wouldn't make it to the surface of the Earth. You, you might get a small bit of it that does, um, but yes, a car sized asteroid isn't actually that big. Um, so yeah, so it probably wouldn't make it to the surface of the Earth. If I'm wrong with that, someone please let me know. Um, and how close it is? Yeah, it's probably quite close. Um, the only I... the only note is six hours after it had passed. <laughs> I can just imagine a guy there just being like nothing, like security guy just drinking a coffee, and then he's like just looking at the CCTV <laughs> six hours ago and was like, oh, missed that one. Missed that. <laughs> but I'm surprised they kind of tell you this kind of thing because. Well, I think this happens all the time. There's always stuff going near us, and this actually... this broke a record though. This was the closest. The closest, okay. Because yeah. you often see there is often news stories of uh, big asteroids that are coming close to earth and then when you read the story they're actually not very close at all and not that big but journalists just like to make them look bigger and scarier because that's how you sell newspapers i guess yeah what, is, think... an ast- what is an asteroid <clears throat> good question it, uh, <laughs> asteroids can be made up, made up of um debris from the outer solar system or is it kind of comes through and travels and picks up stuff you can get things like made out of ice there was that one that we landed the uh, the uh, tiny little spacecraft on it, the little satellite, they landed oh, yeah, it on I'm that trying one. Trying to remember the um, name of that now. Yeah, it, it, I told something like that. Um, but like, it, yeah, it's kind of rocks and and things from the pre-formation or things that's picked up on the way, um, sort of when uh, solar systems are being put together. Um, but it depends because, like I said, if it. If it travels through at any point through the asteroid belt that sits in the middle of our solar system or towards the outside, and it picks up any debris that, like that as well. Oh. Yeah, so I think it's mainly mainly rock, but you might get bits of ice. I, I was wary of my answer there because there is sort of distinctions between asteroids and comets and all these different things. And I think a, a comet's a bit more icy. As, as a good biologist, I just went full flow into... A random yeah, explanation. Yeah. <laughs> your explanation was good, so I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. Um, yeah, so that, that's what an asteroid is. Um, so yeah, I think we get a lot of them coming quite close to us, but I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how dangerous like a, yeah, a small one would be. A big one, obviously, could cause a 
huge event like the end mm. of the dinosaurs, something like that. Um, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. If there was Deep one impact. coming that big, though, could we not kill it? Uh, or... If it's that big, we're probably going to struggle to do anything. Um, so it's probably getting through your nuclear bunker time. Come back in fifty years. Oh, and how far? away are they like if one was that big how much notice are we getting here well the we don't actually scan every part of the sky all the time so if if we find things like this as this one was a couple hours after it tends to just be luck that we find one because oh. uh, generally we're looking more at uh, distant stars um because we can sort of get information for them we're not looking for asteroids that are close to us I, i'm sure there is someone looking some sort of american star wars program looking at uh, trying to find asteroids that'll hit us but mostly we're looking at stars and then just like calling the police being like i can see one yeah police bruce asteroid. willis you know any one of those people who went <laughs> up i think owen wilson was in that film he could help us too we're going to move on to our final i read online this week and the story is from andrew so, uh, mine has taken a slightly different turn, although still to do with the future, which is quite good. So, mine is uh, scientists discover new material that could see AI merge with the human brain. So, probably the end of Ooh. the world from asteroid is not what we should be worrying about, but the fact that computers are going to take over our brains is probably the, the sort of new thing that we should be worrying about. Um, so, it's this, it's a... Um, a kind of polymer type plastic called P-Dot that is used to, um, it's really good because it doesn't stop or block uh, information being sent through it, which is really cool. And they're thinking that it could be used for sort of medical devices for treating people with Alzheimer's or conditions for um, addictions, which is, is, is quite good. Um, so it can just take over that specific bit of your oh, brain? Of the brain, yeah. And they think it might be really useful for um, sort of further treatments. But the person who's really interested... Elon Musk. Is Elon Musk, yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk the is... The same with Donald Trump. <laughs> is, ...is super excited about it because he's obviously trying to release his neurological device which he's looking to use it to apparently cure things like depression or substance addiction as well, um, or use it for like trauma patients, so okay. people for like PTSD. Um, so it's called Neuralink, and it's going to be released sometime soon. I read another article about it online somewhere, um, about that he's going to do a, um, a sort of live stream of them using it and how it's all going to work. Um, which is quite exciting because I like you know this is the sort of point. This where... just sounds like upload. <laughs> well, it does sound like upload, which like yeah, is which quite is cool. freaking me out. Or oh. you know, if we look at it the other way, Skynet. So you know, yeah. It, so you you mentioned AI at the start, but then you went on to sort of just the plastic that can block stuff. What's the AI bit to do with it? Well, so the AI is that it, we can start to use it with. Um, in control of AI, or AI can be used to control part of our brains to turn bits and bobs off. So blocks, you know, we were saying block stuff off. Okay. Yeah, so you it's, could block it's not... off like the the feeling of depression or addiction. Like is, it, my is it sort of true AI, so, or is it just a smart computer? Yeah, so it's a it's a smart computer. It's not true AI. I don't think Alexa is going to be 
um, dealing with us. But it's the potential that it could see. So the title was Scientists Discover New Material That Could See AI Merge With The Human Brain. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So potentially you could get Alexa in your... Oh, great, I've just set a thousand of them off. Um, <laughs> you could have her sort of in your brain talking away to you. Um, which is, you know, there's a little bit that that sounds quite exciting, but then there's yeah. a little bit where... That's a bit scary, it, someone it, else it, in your brain. Is it too far? <laughs> it's like Cortana from the Halo series yeah. or something like that. <laughs> You've lost me. Um, it sounds like a Black Mirror episode waiting to happen. So yeah, it does. I am it does, it hoping does. I don't live to see but this. But do you know what? Again, you know, we've said it before, we'll say it again. What's 2020 going to throw at us? And it might as well be another Black Mirror episode. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> we've almost, we've we almost got six. Yeah, we've almost got six episodes. We've almost got a whole series of just 2020, which um, is good. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. That was fun, guys. Um, so this week I have been asking people for some questions. I've got some questions for you guys. First one, Andrew, you're going to love. And I think I've actually asked you this before. Um, (laughs) can't remember the answer, but, um, here we go. So this is from Sarah and it was on Instagram, I think. And she asks, how do viruses mutate? I don't know. Okay, I'll let her know. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so viruses can mutate in lots of different ways. Um, mostly um, viruses will mutate because they're copying themselves because they, they rapidly copy themselves um, in lots of different ways. So there's there's lots of different ways that, that viruses copy themselves. But when they do that, occasionally they can make mistakes. So we would call them commonly as mutations, but they're not maybe mutations. They're maybe just misreading sort of the information that goes along. Um, a bit like you know, if you're reading a sentence and maybe you you or, or words and you miss out sort of letters, uh, occasionally viruses can do that, and then it'll either if it's positive, so if it's a, a an advantageous, let's go with mutation, or a a, a mistake, um, then hopefully it'll give it some sort of um, ability to survive and go on and do a wee bit better. Um, if it's a sort of negative uh, change then it'll likely just die off and we'll we'll never see it again. Um, so it's not... Because I thought they, the, when they mutate, it's to make them stronger. It, c- so it can go it, either way. It, it can be, but that's also one of the other types of... sort of, And this is where we wouldn't use maybe the term mutation, but um, viruses and other bacteria, so if, if I include bacteria in this too, they can have um, sex in a sort of weird way, which is not something, you know, you sort of normally imagine a cell can do but um basically when cells have sex what they do is they transfer or they one of the ways they can do it is they can transfer information from one to the other so if you've got a virus that goes oh here i've got this secret code to stop us being destroyed by penicillin and then it passes that information to the other one it makes a copy and then can pass it on again and so on and so forth that's how your baby is like a super whatever Kind do they have of. a baby or they, are they, they both they, just no, they, the baby? They don't have a baby. They're just the baby. Uh, yeah, bacteria are weird, <laughs> very weird. They just they're just they're just inside traders. Inside, like inside an, traders, yeah. It's like an exchange of DNA or RNA. Uh, both. Okay, what is RNA? Ooh. What is RNA, Andrew? Right, okay. <laughs> well, just like what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, where's my national five kids at? You guys all know what RNA is. Uh, so RNA is uh, ribose nucleic acid which is the fancy name, which is what RNA stands for. 
Um, but what it is is it's basically or Renee, as she's known to her friends. <laughs> <laughs> I am so gonna start using that in class. That's brilliant. It's um, quite a good way to remember. Yeah, it. Renee. Renee. Um, so what it is Denny. is Denny bother a, with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's just a form of information that is used in the body. So we we've got RNA in our body. It's used. You know how DNA is used for like crime scenes or like on Jeremy Kyle to see who the dad is. Yeah, so imagine RNA used for RNA. So RNA is used for you, your body, to make more uh, proteins. So your DNA is found in your nucleus of all your cells, and it's too big to get out. So it employs its little friend RNA to make a copy of it, and then that copy can leave the nucleus because it's small enough. And then your ribosomes, which are your protein makers, read it and uh, fire out a protein. So it's it's kind Ooh. of a, it's in part, it's like a little bit like a messenger molecule. But mm-hmm. in some bacteria, it's their main sort of information source. It's like their version of DNA. Nice. Yeah. Cool. It's quite cool. Good questions. Yeah, I feel like I actually learned something there. Thanks. Um, and then kind of insulted that it's aimed at like 15 year old kids that should know that <laughs> <laughs> and I um, just realised I'm double that age so that's lovely <laughs> um, okay next question is also on Instagram from Akirin who is asking how do sea currents work um, I'll have a stab at this first and then see if Andrew wants to change anything Ross is itching yeah I know I'm ready to go <laughs> um, so most currents work due to something called convection, which is when hot air rises and that then sort of moves to the side and then cools, and that makes something called a convection current. But I think a lot of the sea ones are actually caused because the earth is spinning round, and as the earth spins round, it sort of drags the water with it, but the water can move, so the water uh, tends to move in certain directions and create your sort of large currents. Is this to do with the moon again? Uh, and no, the not to do with the moon. It's just to do with the Earth spinning around. Andrew, have you got a different version of that? Uh, no, it's, uh, that that is actually part of it. So that the 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 tides, uh, sorry, the currents are controlled by things like tide, winds. Um, they are there is an element of temperature uh, changes, so uh, which in turn changes the density of the water. So, yeah. um, so obviously colder water drops down to the bottom, hotter water moves to the top. Um, and yeah, it's but actually with the rotation of the earth, it's all part of the sort of same uh, process. And then throw on top of that, you've got uh, your topography of the, the ocean floor. So your the layout, topography is the fancy word for layout. Of the, like uh, mountains of and the hills underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're in your big trenches and all that sort of stuff. And that kind of slows things and speed things up and changes direction and, um. But yeah, there's like there is like one major current pathway that goes around the whole world, um. And then it's split into all those different things. So they talked about it in Finding Nemo, um. There's that one that comes right up the side of us, in Scotland, um. And that's what sort of keeps us from being too cold, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think it has. I think it has a part to play. I don't think it's the sole thing, but as in yeah. the sea, it's cold. No, the, the sea keeps us warm because we get sort of hot water. Right, has anyone done Florida. the Looney Duke? Because I can tell you now that wasn't warm. 
That was like six degrees and I couldn't even get past my knees. Like I thought, right, I'll just go in quickly and I'll just dive under. I didn't realise that like pool temperatures what are like... What was the Looney Duke for anyone that doesn't know? <laughs> International listeners. If actually, hey, we've got a couple in Canada and Norway. Um, so t- to you guys, it is on New Year's Day in Scotland, you run into the sea. I don't know why. But I always and pay money to do it for some reason. <laughs> and I have always wanted to do it, so I did it once, and it was horrific. But I didn't realize that pool temperatures are like twenty or eighteen degrees, yeah. and they're cold when they go in. And then this was like four degrees or something. And I was There's thinking, all, a, a normal pool would be something between twenty and thirty. Okay, sorry, pools are uh, a racing normal. pool for a sort of swimming, which I used to do. That would be something like twenty six degrees. I mean, your plunge pools you go in, they'd be something like eighteen degrees, <gasps> and they feel really cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, just and then, just yeah. uh, just bringing it back to the water. Remember, the Looney Duke takes place on uh, the east coast, um, whereas that um, one of the major sort of routes of the ocean currents travels up this this sort of west coast of Scotland, which is why on the west coast of Scotland you can get things like palm trees and it's a little bit warmer sometimes. Uh, so our water up this end, up the top end, um, is actually. Still quite cold, definitely cold, um, but is um, maybe not as cold as it is on the East Coast. This question is from Matthew, and it's, why do some mugs change colour when warm? So I don't know if any of you guys have had these mugs as kids or like me and you've got one now i've got a yep. you got one for christmas i got you? a harry potter one what harry nice. potter house are you going to be in like oh. convinced i was going to be a gryffindor convinced pouring pouring the hot water slytherin oh region. wow oh that's wow that is something to find out i know ex- wow. exactly it was well, i was disappointed it's the one true house but do you know the ones i mean so like the, the the black like yeah. disappeared and then just, yeah i just saw the green i felt like it was the sorting hat that is quite cool. Well, they are so they are all to do with um, things called uh, thermochromatic ink. So it's ink uh, that can change color when heat is applied. So you find them in lots of different things. So um, well, mostly color changing things. You can find them in t-shirts and, and mugs and stuff. Um, or if you've ever seen those friction pens, um, which are 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 liquid pens that you can draw with. The- or the and, ones you can rub out. And then you can rub it out. Okay. But actually, what you're doing is you're not physically rubbing it out. What you're doing is you're generating enough heat that it will make the ink change color. So to the, clear. The, to clear. So that, or, or to transparent. But the ink is still there. So you can actually bring it back by doing the reverse reaction. So what would be... Oh. Here's, here's a question for you kids. What would be the reverse action? Rubbing the other way. <laughs> that's a science teacher folks that's a science teacher oh <laughs> so yeah so yeah yeah cooling it down <laughs> so yeah so if you um i've done this experiment in school a couple of times so you draw on a post-it note and then you uh put a flame sort of behind the post-it note and it disappears and then what you can do is you can put it in the freezer and it reappears um that so they're like really magic. cool pens yeah you, they're they say on it you're not supposed to use them for um specific documents um like official documents because they're stored in temperature controlled rooms so potentially if you've written something then rubbed it out then it all it can potentially come oh, back we have to do that for you have to do it in a fountain pen your yeah. will and your marriage certificate and stuff 
Yeah, it's quite it's quite it's cool, be... but it's like it's almost mm-hmm. like new age, um, like secret messages. Yeah, yeah, is this the same as like spy pens you used to use as a kid, where you would like draw on invisible ink and then you'd get another pen and rub over the top. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like similar idea, but a different chemical reaction. But Ooh, but yeah, so chemically. that's why, and you shouldn't just as a tiny thing. I've learned the hard way. You shouldn't put these mugs in the mic in the dishwasher because it ruins the thermochromatic ink. Oh, does it? We'd yeah. Oh, I definitely put mine in the dishwasher. Hand hand wash them because the it might just be the cheap ones I've got, but um, it kind of stops. I don't, I don't think my Slytherin one is is particularly expensive. <laughs> I'll just keep I'm gonna keep washing it until I get a Gryffindor. <laughs> paint it red. Just paint it red. Um, cool. I'm gonna think of that now every time I have a cup of tea from that mug. Um, and then the the last question we've got this week, um, it's a very open question, and it's from Shauna, and we got it live, but it is just, what is fire? What is it? And then it kind of got me thinking, because you think everyone knows what fire yeah, so, is. Ross, well, I'm going to leave this one think? to you. It, well, it's, it I kind of don't know. I just know it's maybe a bit of gas, and I know that it needs oxygen. Uh, yes, it does. But then I think Shauna was kind of getting at, like, how is it warm? I don't know that. I assume it's something to do with like something will be moving really fast and creating heat. Uh, yeah. Um, so what it is is after you've burnt your coal, let's say, uh, or wood, you've burnt your wood um, and some of the stuff that hasn't burned fully, it becomes excited. So the atoms become excited. Ooh. So we're about to do some quantum physics here. So as the atoms get excited, the electrons jump up energy levels and as they drop, as they cool down, as they drop back down energy levels, they release photons of light, and that's the light you can see. But that's you're saying that's like wood that's been burnt. What is it? It's just a fire from, you know, like a magnifying glass and a leaf, or like a match. Well, if you get a magnifying glass and a leaf, you're you're it's the leaf that you're burning. It's whatever the fuel is that you're burning. It doesn't all burn fully. Some of it sort of just goes up into the atmosphere, a bit like a gas, as you were saying earlier. Um, and then, yeah, it gets so hot that the electrons jump up an energy level, and then as they jump down, they give off light. I mean, it sounds quite complicated. Can you sum it up in a sentence? What is fire? F- photons of light. <laughs> excited. Yeah. They're Ele- excited. Electrons, excited. Electrons, excited photons of light. Yeah, electrons are de-exciting, which is the opposite of exciting. As they de-excite, they give off photons of light. So the photons are excited. No, the electrons are excited. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a book that we got for when our son was born a couple of years ago called Quantum Physics for Babies. So I am going to... Uh, that is exactly the process. and yeah. Right, I'm going to dig that, that back out. <laughs> it's not a lot of words, though. It's just pictures of balls. But It gets um, across the main idea. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that then. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was all the questions that we had this week, which I thought were quite um, a good mix yeah. Um, of different sciences. Try and avoid some chemistry ones for you guys because I know that's not your area of expertise. But we like having a shot. Like, yeah, it's good to no it's harm good, try. And ple- try. people, good please let us know if we get stuff wrong. That's the, that's the whole point in this. Yeah, I'd actually love that if you could tell them when they got stuff wrong. <laughs> so, guys, if uh, you do have any questions or you want to correct us on any of the science that we've had, uh, please send us an email at uh, iredit os at gmail.com or contact us on instagram twitter facebook tiktok at i read it os 
Um, please feel free if uh, you've got enough time, drop us a review, drop us a like, uh, share us uh, with your friends, with your family, talk about us over dinner. So thanks, guys. Cheers. See yeah, you next thank week. Thank you. It's been a good time. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.